Thank you so much, BBS. So here we are on Monday evening. Sorry for the background noise. Monday evening on June 27, 2022. And Vin, can you hear me? You probably know how to get her to eat something. I got the good stuff, huh? Welcome to the next call. I appreciate the name and location. Joan, uh, <laughs> Dolan Springs. Welcome, Joan. Thank you. When can you, when can you hear me? I hear you. All right. You want to be on BBS? You want to, it's 601. You want to start it? Yeah, I'll start it. Okay. All right. Here you go. Here you go. Oh, hold on. Hold on one second, okay? Let's, uh, here we go. Uh, the recording muted. This session is no longer being recorded. All right, Ben, The go recording ahead. has started. This is uh, June 27th, 2022. When and Terry in the village of Oak Creek. Uh, Terry, we're, we're in a, a rehab home and, um, we're gonna, we're going to do a replay tonight, and many we have replays. I don't even know how I can duplicate the quality of any of them. We had such amazing things happen. We had one gentleman who was the reincarnation of Jesus's disciple Matthew. And don't ask me how I knew that, but I knew it. I validated it actually in a strange way. And then, if you have never heard of Carlo Rucker and the Law of One, it's an epic series of channelings from 1980 to 1983. And... Are you still there, Ben? I can't hear you. Well, I know what he wanted to do, so I'm just going to start this recording. This is an interview with Jim McCarty, one of the three people who brought forth the channeling with Carla Roberts and Don Elkin of the RAG. California, today is August the 8th, 2016, and... Tonight, we have a special guest. Right, uh, good evening, good day, whenever. Ben, I can't hear you. I started recording, but you stopped it again, I guess. Gonna start it again. Will you listen to this? My name is Gijs Menderhout, calling in from Megalia, California. Today is August the 8th, 2016. And tonight, we have a special guest, Jim McCarthy. McCarthy, McCarthy. Thank you for correcting me. I'm, I spelled it right, but I'm saying it wrong. <laughs> Thank you very much for being here, Jim. Thank you for being here, Win. I'm going to hand the microphone to you guys. All right. Terry, are you here? I haven't seen Terry yet. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see if she shows up. Um, 
This is when? This is, um, you already said the date, right? August 8th? Cut. You're making it easy for me, guys. <laughs> I'm on automatic pilot. Um, you know, yesterday, on Sunday, we had kind of an unusual call, and I got a lot of emails from people really saying thank you for that call. And then I got a couple of people that said, why are you going into all of that stuff? Because I went into a topic and I read part of the raw material as part of that topic. And uh, it was a very important part. And it's something that I had read years ago, but I didn't quite integrate it. I didn't really see it in action. And Jim McCarty has been a guest a number of times on our shows, and Jim is probably one of the world's experts on the raw material because he was there when it happened. And um, just as an introduction, just in case some of you are not aware of the raw material, I'll turn it over to Jim and let him give a little brief introduction. But let me say, Carla, it was three people, Carla Rucker, Jim McCarty, and Don Elkin, who were having, I guess you would call it a channeling group. And um, for three years, there was one of the most incredible bodies of channeled information, maybe the most incredible, that has ever been brought forth on this planet. And I became aware of the raw material because as I was writing The Reincarnation of Edgar Cayce, um, I learned that David Wilcock kept referring to it and he believed that he was channeling an aspect of the raw group. And I'm not going to say whether he was or he wasn't. I'll just say he believed that. And uh, he led me to believe that Edgar Casey was channeling. And I found a lot of indications to tie all that together, an aspect of the raw group. And when I say an aspect, the raw group is a group soul made of graduates of this realm. And that energy of that group, as I get it, stands out into many dimensions. In other words, it originates at a, a rather high level. I think in the raw terminology, it would be sixth density. Is that right, Jim? Right. Yeah. And then... You know, those of you who are aware of this material uh, know that the raw group divides dimensions, and they call them densities, into eight densities. And the raw group is perhaps hundreds of millions of individual souls that have been impacting this realm in a positive way since the beginning of recorded history and probably long before that. And um, 
but they stand out. They go from sixth dimension, some of them are in fifth dimension, some of them are in fourth dimension, and some of them are in third dimension. We're in now. Like, uh, I may be, I might be, and I don't have any validation of this, but I might be an aspect of the rock group in third dimension. And even though I'm part of the rock group, if that's true, I am still bound by the limitations of third dimension. So the, the raw material became very important to me in my initial study, and it actually continues to be important. It is so deep and so profound that uh, you can read it many times, if I can, and every time I read it, I get more out of it. And some people read it, and they scratch their heads and says, say, I don't understand the thing, because it's deep. And um, Carla, who was the channel, and I were, we connected in a really great way, and she came into our Sunday calls for probably four years and was kind of my co-host. And we, everybody loved her and we had a great rapport. And of course she passed, she passed, uh, I guess last year and, and we miss her. But Jim has lived with her ever since the original raw sessions took place and he's carrying the torch of, um, being an emissary for that material into the world. And it's a, it's actually, it's been, it's actually five books which are available on Amazon and available at the website of LL Research. And there are free downloads of all the materials from LL Research on their website, llresearch.org including the five books and the raw material. So if you are one of those people that is wants to know how everything works at the deepest level that's ever, I think, been presented in this realm, the raw material is it. You can go to Amazon, you read some of the reviews, and you'll see it. What did somebody say? It knocked my socks off. So, Jim, just for the people that are coming in and are familiar with your work and the raw material work. Um, tell us a little bit how it started and what you what you felt when it was starting. Well, I had just uh, joined Don and Carla in December of 1980. They'd been together for 12 years and been working on the uh, UFO phenomenon and channeling in general. And uh, Carla had been channeling herself for seven years at that point. So um, I'd helped them move to that location where we had the raw contact, and uh, we got to know each other fairly well, and they invited me to join them. So in December of uh, 1980, I joined them, and we thought that the first thing we'd do is be uh, rework their, their book, Secrets of the UFO, and uh, I started taking notes on that. But then three weeks after I got there, Carl was teaching uh, an advanced student how to channel. There was uh, They always had their channelings on Sunday evenings. So this is one of the Sunday evening uh, channeling sessions. And um, all of a sudden, she went into a trance. And she uh, 
only been in trance twice before, and that was to channel the friend uh, who had passed that previous November to let her husband know she was okay. She, they'd made a deal with each other that she would channel through Carla and tell Tom that she was okay, and that happened. So Carla had two experiences with, ch- with trance before the raw contact, and before that, she always channeled consciously. She was she knew she was channeling, but she could stop it at any time she wanted. But with raw contact, it was different. She uh, went into a trance, and she left her body. And uh, Ra was not in her body either. Ra used it kind of like you'd say at a distance. Right? It was, she was an instrument, literally an instrument, like a telephone. And um, began to, uh, they, they gave their first little sermonette. They only said, you know, gave a sermonette once. They said, this is where we're from, and this is what we're here for, and we uh, wish to be of service. But the only way we will actually speak to you is through questions and answers. We don't feel we have a right to give you information without you asking for it. So... After that first session, we decided that uh, this was something of another level of information that we'd never seen before, so we dedicated one room in the house to just having the raw sessions and began having them there, and Ra gave us a special uh, ritual called Walking the Circle of One that would be um, a special protection for Carla while she was in trance and would be a uh, trigger to Don and me to let us know subconsciously and consciously a session was about to occur so we could give our best energies to it. And then we'd always have questions lined up, ready to go, and frequently we'd only get through one or two of the questions, and Ra's answer would be so illuminating and go off in another direction that we'd we'd, we'd go in that direction. So the, the first book tended to be a little bit uh, scattered in that, well, number one, Don had been investigating UFOs for about 25 years up to that point. So he had a lot of puzzle pieces, and he wanted to put the whole puzzle together. So he started asking these questions that, for him, put the puzzle together. So that's really how it started. It uh, it started when Carla was teaching another student how to channel. And curiously enough, I, I wasn't there at that time. I was uh, shopping at the grocery store, and I walked in the door and interrupted the first raw session, right where it says, uh, Don asks, uh, well, tell us about the earth changes that are occurring on the planet now. And Ra says, we must deepen this instrument's uh, state, because I'd walked in the door and interrupted the first raw session. <laughs> mm. So she managed to get back into her state after that, right? Right. And, and she went into this trance while she was teaching someone else. Like, uh, no one was trying to get her to channel or something when that occurred, right? Right. It was just uh, her and Don and uh, Leonard, the fellow learning how to channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, she always had to have three people yeah. to provide the proper protection and vibrations to get the best information. So they had the three people and just inadvertently went into this trance. But apparently, you know, things had been planned beforehand uh, Ra mentioned that her two experiences with trance had helped the trance to occur for their contact. And uh, as Ra had said so many times, there really are no mistakes. And apparently we had planned that before the incarnation, and that was the way it was supposed to work. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, what we were talking about yesterday, and I feel that we're, we're living in this very transitional time. And there's still all kinds of potential outcomes. Um, You know, some people say we're moving into a new world and everyone on the earth is going to transform into this new world and just sit and hold on to your seats and rise out. And other people are saying, well, Jesus is coming back, and um, that just sit in a chair 
till Jesus comes back. And other people are saying, the world's going to fall apart. <laughs> we don't have resources. We, financial system is on the edge. So um, there's all these potential outcomes. And from my sources, I'm not getting that they're saying this, out, this is the outcome that's locked in stone. They're saying it's still being reconstructed moment by moment. And it's part of the reconstruction is the consciousness of the people on planet Earth and the number of people that are asking or reaching for the higher realms. And they don't have to know about the Ra group or the Elohim group, but they can use God and that's okay. They don't have to get all the details correct. They just have to have pure heart in reaching for help, reaching for connection, and staying out of fear. Because fear disables one from having the ability to project their reach into higher realms. And, of course, there's a lot of reasons that one could go into fear right now, given what's going on on our planet. Uh, Jim, before, how does that sound to you? Does that sound close to how you feel? Oh, yeah. Uh, there's a whole lot in flux yet because uh, it's all a product of free will, and the population of this planet can change uh, its thinking in an instant. I mean, at one point, Ra said, could your people polarize positively in one fine, strong moment of inspiration? Uh, it is not probable, but it is ever possible. They said that actually the uh, the harvest began somewhere shortly after, uh, well, right before World War II, that uh, it could take anywhere from 100 to 700 years, depending upon the choices that made by the people of the planet. So the harvest is going on right now. The graduation, the people don't like the word harvest. So the graduation to the fourth density is uh, actually going on right now. And it, it could take longer or shorter, as I said, depending upon the, the choices the people of the planet make. Mm -hmm. My take is, when you talk about the graduation or harvest, um, it brings up images that of rapture. People are suddenly going to leave and find themselves in this lovey-dovey place. And my experience is that's not exactly the way it's going to work. That going into fourth density, you can do it right while you're in a body right now. And you, it, it, it's like you start creating relationships with other people that are far more loving and um, you build a community. It's one of the visions I had which caused me to do what I'm doing and dedicate my life in this way because we're building kind of a fourth dimensional community in our group. Now I may be wrong but I do know that people are loving each other, they're going through transformations um, they're not all perfect by any means, but it's hard to find that in the rest of the world. Probably one place you might find it is in the community that uh, is around LL Research. So, um, just checking, does that match your idea? Yeah, Ross suggested that graduation, is, as you say, concerns the ability to give and receive love. And if you're able in all of your thoughts, words, and deeds to produce love, 
51% of the time, just 51% of the time, then you're able to be graduated, able to be harvested. Mm-hmm. Yes. So um, it's really not that difficult, but it's something that you have to concentrate on so that you don't, uh, so that you're aware of it when you're, you're conducting your life in a conscious fashion, that you're really trying mm-hmm. to give and receive love. It's, it's important to be able to do both because it's a balanced action. And uh, when we go through the death process, the so-called death process, the transition into the higher densities, that there's a, a light, a density of light that we go to that measures our ability to give and receive love so that uh, we become light beings then after we leave the physical body here and form what Ra calls a social memory complex, which means basically every memory you've got in your life is available for use by the, the group. And all of their memories are available to you. It's a huge library of information so that in your your own future, you can choose to be of service to others in, in, in vast ways that wouldn't be possible to you as an individual because now you have a group memory. Mm-hmm. So what, what brought me to the call yesterday, the specific thing in the raw material, had to do with the way the Ra group talked about the Orion group and that the Orion group was trying to enslave the population by connecting with the elite and using the elite as their methodology of enslaving or controlling everyone else. And that was very clear in the in the raw material, what they said on that. And I think when I first read that, I didn't understand it. But then you, you look at the elite now. You look at um, what is the elite? The elite is people with money, people in political power, people with religious Influence can be the elite. Just because they're religious or they use the word religion and Christ does not mean they're not part of a negative um, influence on this planet and that that they have an agenda. And I'm sure that's true. I'm sure of it at this point. And um, Jim, I wanted to have you share a little bit who are the Orions? Do they have bodies? Are they interdimensional? Um, do they have spaceships? Are they highly technology? What do you, what can you tell us about the, this Orion group that wants to enslave us? Well, they're primarily, uh, fourth and fifth density entities from the densities of love and the density of wisdom. Uh, their love, however, is different than our love. Their love is for themselves. They, uh, seek to control those about them and to take their power. So that uh, it's basically like the army or the, and the armed services are a good example of, of a negative polarity where there's unquestioned power is the uh, way it works. You, the, the privates don't question the generals and the, the corporals don't question the sergeants. Um, you do exactly what you're told. Basically, the Ryan Empire is set up the same way and they attempt to gain power for themselves and there's... Um, a struggle for power to determine who's on top, and once the ones on top have been determined, then they proceed with their opportunities to uh, try to add to their empire. If they can um, generate enough fear and um, 
confusion on planet Earth, then those are conditions which help them to do what they wish to do. They, uh, the Orion, the reason it's called the Orion Empire is that the, the head of the uh, group is in the Orion constellation, although many, many other constellations, such as the uh, Southern Cross, are also members, but they are subjugated by the Orion group because the Orion is the most powerful. Uh, Ross suggests there are two valid paths to the Creator up to a point. And one is a positive path of service to others, and the other one is a negative path of service to self. Now, the service to self path only is valid up to a certain point. When they get to the mid-sixth density level where you have to balance love and wisdom and you have to see everyone else as the Creator and as yourself, then that's easy for the positive polarity. That's the way they get there. The negative polarity has a very great difficulty, which they've never been able to overcome. So by the time they get to mid-sixth density, they have to reverse their polarity. They can no longer go any further with the negative polarity. But up to that point, they are quite active, and they um, they are part of the uh, the interplay of the, the positive and negative that provides catalyst for all of us to grow. Mm-hmm. Like you kill like a negative, someone from a negative path. Um, you can see how it works. If they're always trying to control and manipulate other people, they obviously are seeing others as the object of their manipulation rather than objects of co-creation and love. Um, right. Their first primary um, activity is separation. They separate mm-hmm. themselves from the rest of the creation and the rest of the people around them. They keep them at a distance, and that allows mm-hmm. them to uh, operate, say, we say, behind the scenes and to um, gain control, if possible, over entities that uh, are usually unaware of their existence and the way they operate. Mm-hmm. And are the Orions connected with what's called the reptilians? Have you ever made that connection? I think there's a strong possibility. I mean, I think there are a number of emissaries of the Orion uh, constellation and Orion group. They're here on planet Earth and have been for some time, and they're they're doing the bidding of the Orion group. And mm-hmm. uh, I think there are reptilians, and there are many others as well. Um, the uh, the type of physical body the entities have is determined by how they evolved. You know, we evolved apparently from the great apes, so we are bipeds and we, we look like we look. Mm-hmm. Apparently mm-hmm. we're, uh, only make up about 5% of the creation. If you look at the rest of the creation, they evolved from other entities, and so the reptilians obviously uh, evolved from the reptiles and, and don't look like us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in general, reptilians are considered to be service to self. Right. Yes. Although there may be some that have crossed over that, the majority of reptilians are service to self. Have you ever looked at the actual mechanics of the way the Orion group connects with those lower levels? Yeah, uh, we got quite a bit of information that any group say like a channeling group or any uh, spiritually oriented group on the planet that's producing mm-hmm. really good information and service to others is producing a power on the inner realms of the metaphysical realms or the inner planes. That light is seen as a power. 
and the negative entities see that power, and they would like to get it for themselves. So they send their minions, the, the fourth density entities, to offer temptations to channels and to groups to uh, mm-hmm. move away from the pure spiritual path, uh, how we evolve in mind, body, and spirit, and how we serve each other with love. And they they try to get them to move away from that positive path and maybe begin aggrandizing themselves, uh, puff up the pride or the ego, or to benefit financially or socially or politically somehow. Mm-hmm. The group were in the, and so many groups have been swayed away from the light in that way. That, but when they when they prevent the light from really being able to shine and present us darkness instead, then they've gained the power of that group. And they can actually channel through that group. Yes. Uh, yeah. Mixed, and, uh, mixed contacts usually start. They start by imitating the positive contact, and mm-hmm. uh, then they start twisting it and putting a little barb here and there. And, and introducing a little concept of fear. Now, there's going to be some things happen. You got to be careful. You got to get out. You know, go uh, into the woods and and be sure and take supplies and you know uh, arm yourselves to protect yourself from neighbors. You know, they start turning you toward the negative thinking. And the positively oriented channel that, or the positively oriented contact that began channeling through the group can only give you hints. They can't say, "Look, this is what's happening," because all the progress we make has to be a product of our free will choices, or it carries no weight in our total beingness. So, the Mm -hmm. positive contact can only give clues or hints. And if those aren't found out and and, and taken into advice, then the negative group continues to make their insinuation and eventually takes over the group and gives more and more negative information until the group eventually... um, Usually what happens is they start making predictions about disasters and when they're going to happen... And they never happen when they say they're going to, so the group loses credibility and they fall apart mm-hmm. in that way. In mm-hmm. the light. Well, I tell people to store food just in case they need it. Okay, store food and water. And um, some people might think that's a negative thing to do, but I think since anything is, you know, as I studied the raw material and I look at the history of our solar system and our planet, there have been times, many times, where terrible disasters have happened. Probably in our solar system, the worst might have been Maldek, which was, of course, the rock group talked about, where the planet exploded and... um it became the asteroids, and it was a planet that was populated by billions of people. Not so unlike our planet, I think. And that because of the way the planet exploded, I believe it was a nuclear explosion that caused it to, to fragment like that. Right. So, yeah. The souls on Maldek all glommed together in a tangled mass of fear. That's the quote from the raw material, how they described it. And they lost their individuation. And uh, part of the raw group took it upon themselves to help separate that group. And it's it's not so easy once that occurs. It's like that they started moving the souls 
into embodiments on our planet. And I think they said the available bodies. But I don't know if they said, did they say anything more than the available bodies? No, at the beginning it was just the second density uh, ape form. Mm-hmm. They were able to use, so they had to use second density bodies, but the entities were third density. And also they were working with um, entities and beings that were beneath the surface of the Earth, as I, as I recall, okay? And in fact, as I recall, Bigfoot might have been a product of that transmigration of souls. Right, right. There were three different types of Bigfoot, and each was a, a different aspect of the, of the Maldek group. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And did this happen with Mars as well? Mars had enough warfare that they uh, made their atmosphere inhospitable to human life, so they were the first ones actually transferred here by the entities known as Yahweh 75,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. And there was some, some uh, cloning process that went on so that there was uh, a change in their DNA so that they would be perhaps more liable to express love and light in their incarnational patterns. So they were the first ones here, and then the entities from Maldek, as they became able to assume third-density bodies, they also incarnated. And there were, I think, uh, almost two billion that incarnated from Maldek to Earth, from Maldek, yeah. When Maldek exploded, according to the raw material, there was not a single entity that escaped this... um, Glomming together. Am I right? Right. There was no distinction made between victim and aggressor, for they even could be reached by Confederation sources, positive entities, to, as you say, to be separated and to once again realize they were conscious, that they were beings, and to begin to look at what they had done and to try to make retribution for it here on planet Earth. Mm-hmm. You know, Terry, are you on the line? Where is Terry? She is. Hold on. Terry, unmute. I'm here. Yes. Okay. You know, I I thought I'd let Terry say something because she has an interesting part of this puzzle that I have been observing for years, and (laughs) I've known Terry for 30 years. And um, I used to think... This can't be real. Some of the stuff she was saying. But now I do believe it's real. And that a part of Terry doesn't, is not on this realm. It's in other realms. I think part of, part of all of us is in other realms. (laughs) Even though we don't know it. But Terry has the ability to know it. And I think Carla had that same ability. Because, for example, you're probably aware of this. Uh, I don't know if you are aware, on our calls, at one point, Carla was acting as an interface with discarnate souls, and I'm not sure what level they were from. They may have been just discarnated humans, but... They they wanted to be of service 
and they they were using Carla, and Carla, we did this for a couple of months, and then we stopped, but it was a very fascinating process, because Carla would be assigning some of these entities to people on our call who made the request to be like an angelic support system for them. Were you were you aware of that aspect of Carla, Jim? Yeah, yeah. She had these uh, this angelic host around her that really wanted to be uh, assigned to people to help them out. Mm-hmm. Now the reason the reason I was um, bringing Terry into it is because Terry is having this experience of working in other realms with tangled masses of souls <laughs> and and they're they're glommed into her matrix in a certain way and she'll spend time communing with them individually and releasing them and Terry, do you want to share that experience? Well, apparently there, in Mesopotamia, there was a nuclear explosion. And uh, earlier on, uh, in the same city, there was a nuclear explosion. And the people uh, that were living in the city uh, experienced the explosion. And it... Uh, damaged them so that they were um, their light bodies were damaged and they couldn't tell where they started and others ended and and they just became all uh, like a mass but the people are still themselves but they aren't able to um strike out and um, separate themselves from, from what happened. Everything changed so fast, just faster than an, a being who was caught in it could track it. And it just it, it dis- disabled them. It stripped their light body of energy and, and they couldn't tell where they stopped and something else started and they just stayed for millions of years just uh, or thousands of years just not able to work themselves out of their dilemma or most of them just um, went to sleep because they couldn't track it and so I've been going in and um, spotting them and uh, getting them to tell what happened at just before the nuclear explosion and what happened during the nuclear explosion. For instance, one of them was a teacher and was teaching a class of about 15 students when it happened. And the fire broke through the room and it broke her arm and it just, it, uh, just um, blew everything to bits, you know, 
people to that it just drove them into complete unconsciousness and um, they're still there and they can express if they can individuate enough to express what happened they can begin to be released and to have another life and it, it's really sad to um, try to work with them uh, they're, they're just mainly unconscious Jim, did you ever hear? Jim, did you ever hear of anybody that had an experience like that? Well, Ross said that after uh, the bombs were dropped in Hiroshima and Nagasaki, that the uh, power of the energy release was of such a magnitude that it could disarrange the mind-body-spirit complex, so that the entity was no longer an entity. So Ra was given permission to help the healing process because if that had been allowed to go on. It would have been a loss to the creator, a part of the creator. So right. those entities from uh, Nagasaki Hiroshima are now in this healing process. They're uh, they actually just begun it. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, uh, I, I'm right, taking a look at that, and uh, it's you know, like if if a person's in in the bomb blast and. They, they are maybe uh, injured, but they're still with a, a complete hole within their mind-body complex. Then they can heal from it easier, but if they were in the place that just evaporated and went up in the sky, it's very, very hard. I can tell the uh, the higher forces are, are attempting to work with them, but it's very, very hard to get their attention. <laughs> right, yeah. So, you know, when you hear these stories, when I hear them, and then, of course, we have stories of the Holocaust in Germany. We have the stories of Atlantis going down, and we have the story of another continent, Lumeria, going down. And, you know, in apparently in the history of our planet, there have been many times where there have been nuclear incidents, even before recorded history, um, which probably started about, oh, how long have we had recorded history? 20,000 years or something? 25,000 years? There have been times when all of the population was destroyed in, in a flood or a good portion of it. And it's very interesting. And this is something uh, I learned and read about in Edgar Casey years ago. I don't know if Jim is aware of this. Did you ever study Edgar Casey, Jim? Not very much, but no. I've, I've become somewhat familiar with him since he's another Kentucky channel. <laughs> okay. Well, Edgar Casey was talking about Atlantis, and and he was talking about there were two groups in Atlantis. One of them was called the Children of the Law of One, 
And the other one was called The Sons of Belial. And I take the children of the law of one were connected to the rock rope. Um, you know, there's no other indication other than the law of one, which is the moniker of the rock rope. And that when Atlantis was going down, there was the children of the law of one were aware that this was going to happen. And many of them left Atlantis uh, and went to Egypt, and others went to South America, I believe. And, um, of course, the way the story goes is uh, there was an early incarnation of Edgar Cayce by the name of Rata in Egypt, who was also aware of this whole thing, and he was welcoming these Atlantean refugees. And, um, you know, I had made, when I was writing The Reincarnation of Edgar Casey, and I had been a student of the Casey material, there was uh, something in the, the, the Carter Rucker work, the Law of One work, which kind of blew my mind. In fact, it's why I went to Laughlin, because I wanted to look Carla in the eye and and ask about this, because in the Edgar Casey work, this this entity Rasa, um, which was approximately ten thousand years ago in Egypt was doing these miracles of healing and built the pyramids by levitation. That's in the Edgar Casey work. And in the Law of One work of LL Research, the Ra group says, we came across an entity in Egypt that we had an affinity with. And we actually worked with that entity very closely, and we manifested bodies that people could see, and we built the pyramids by levitation. And I read that, and I said, they got to be referring to this early life of Edgar Casey. And in the Edgar Casey material, this Edgar Casey previous life is Rasa became known as Ra the Sun God, okay? And uh, I studied it really carefully because there were times when the Ra Ta, through the Edgar Casey readings, they were talking about Ra being separate from Edgar Casey. But it was hard to figure it out. It was just fleeting. But I put those things together. And I said, they have to be talking about the same incident. It was the same time period, and it was the building of the pyramids by levitation. And I put together that it's one of the things that uh, absolutely convinced me that Edgar Casey was connecting with the rock group, and that that's that he was very likely channeling an aspect 
of the Ra group. And it would make sense because if the Ra group had thousands or a thousand incarnations in this realm, they would have known all these healing modalities through some of their lifetimes here. And they were able to bring that through Edgar Casey. And you never heard that before, did you, Jim? Uh, not put together just like that, but I can see how it you know, makes sense. Yeah. And, and it's like, that's why I went to Laughlin, because I, I had come across that. And I don't think I was resolved yet to write the book on Wilcock. And it's probably that one thing in the casing material and in the raw material that was tying raw into all of this stuff. Although they never said that. They never talked about specifically being the source of Edgar Casey. But they probably wouldn't have done that because it would have been one of those things that violated the law of confusion. Okay? And it's... But the clues were there. But in any case, yesterday, well, this is where the, the, the tire meets the, the, the road. We're looking at this idea that there's an Orion group that's influencing the elite. And I was relating it to the election that's occurring. And I, I do believe that our government has been involved in secret organizations, occult organizations that are being influenced by reptilians and God knows who else, which is under the influence of the Orion group. And um, that one of the things about that is being a trickster. <laughs> and this is where I get myself in trouble because um people that are listening to our calls, some of them are for this candidate and some of them are for the other candidate. And on a human level, both candidates are fairly defective. But I came to the conclusion that uh the female one is is more under the influence of the Orion group than the male one. And of course, now I can get people really mad at me because they're passionately in 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 uh, support of Hillary. And so I don't wanna please don't throw away the baby with the bathwater. If you're following our work and you happen to be passionately in support of Hillary, um I might be right, I might be wrong, but it's not a reason to uh, abandon our work, okay? The work we're doing. But, uh, Jim, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, uh, we've talked about a lot of interesting things here, Ryan Group and negative polarity and conspiracies and so forth. I want to bring us back home to the basic fact that everything is made out of the one infinite creator by the so the Creator could know itself better. Everybody that exists is making choices to help the Creator know itself. All of this we're experiencing here in third density is an illusion. 
It isn't anything other than the one creator knowing itself. So tr- the, the bottom line is all is well. Now, we have a part to play here, and whatever we can do to share the love and the light of the creator will help everybody out. But and the basic thing is everything is the creator. There is nothing but the creator. Mm-hmm. Well, there was a very interesting thing in the raw material, as I recall. Let's see if I get this right. That part of the negative, what we call the negative or service to self, was implemented. Okay, let's look at the goal of life. Be about to get up here. Um, John said, pardon me, I said, we are about to get off the air. I think he's going to let us go a little bit, okay? Because he, he, he said he would, okay? So I'll assume that he is. He said, you know, take a couple minutes after the hour because they were late coming in. And, um, God, now I forget. I got to catch my thoughts here. Um, that, that most of us think the goal of life is to be happy and to be successful and to have fun. And from the higher realms, the goal of life, if you adopt this, you don't have to. Uh, it doesn't mean you shouldn't be happy and you shouldn't have fun. You should. But there's an overriding thing that has to do with the evol- your personal evolution your evolution back to higher densities and that we each have a potential to lift our consciousness from where we are to a greater awareness. And as you do that, you become closer to source, to the one infinite creator. And that um, there were periods of, uh, maybe not in our solar system, but there were planetary systems where there was no negative. Everything was positive, positively polarized, and people were having a great time. And according to the Ra groups, in those systems, the evolution of people back to the source, was extremely, extremely slow. And there was no challenge. And it is the mixture of positive and negative in this realm that creates the thrust for us to advance. Now, am I saying that correctly, Jim? Yeah, yeah, the positive-oriented entities... uh had no real reason to try to evolve because everybody saw each other yeah. as the creator and nobody was more the creator than anyone else. So there's no reason to really do anything more than what you were already doing. So it took a long time to get out of third density to make the choice of service. Mm-hmm. Right. So when the, uh, the, the veil of forgetting was put between the conscious and the subconscious minds, then that immediately produced the negative polarity and the positive polarity and what Ra called a much more vivid experience and a much quicker evolution. So, when when we talk about the negative, even if we identify someone, oh, they're of the negative polarity, it's not, the, the key to this is not to polarize with them. 
is that you have to flow around them, at least as I see it. You know, it's not to turn them into the devil or demonic or hate, hate raging against them. They're part of the process to motivate us to get above this yin-yang world, positive-negative world, and the resolution is not within 3D. The resolution is to rise above it and integrate the negative and the positive. And even though the negative can do all that it does and be tricksters and and lie and, and oppress you, they are creating the impetus for you to rise above that and get closer to source. And in any case, that's, that's, that's how I look at it. And I know that I've used it that way. I've used my own obstacles. I've used the people that have um, screwed me in my life, <laughs> which I could go through a bunch of them, and I can see in retrospect that one of the major lessons in this realm is discernment. And that was the topic of my talk yesterday. You can be a very loving being, and if you make mistakes in discernment, you can get trapped in other people's projections. And it's very hard to get out of it. So discernment is extremely important. And um, that's why I did that talk yesterday. So, um, Jim, you want to add anything to that or subtract anything from it? Uh, yeah. When we had experiences with negatively oriented entities trying to stop the raw contact, we found the best way to deal with them was to send them love and light, to mm-hmm. uh, armor ourselves with love and light, and to send them love and light, and to not look at them as enemies, to not look at them as separate from ourselves, because that's their game. Their game is to separate and to have enemies and to, and to fight. Uh, mm-hmm. They really don't like the love and light that much. But if you send them honestly heartfelt love and light, that's the best thing that you can do. And then surround yourself with the same. Yeah, if you send them love and light, they they go away because they can't grab you, right? Yeah, it's rather sickening to them. So, yeah. Light. Oh, oh yeah. my God. Let's go somewhere else. So the, the key is is to... Release yourself from the ability to get hooked, trapped, contracted, and use the, those negative things as stepping stones to become more expanded, more connected to the higher realms, and build your discernment. So you don't have to think of them as evil, so to speak. If you can cross that bridge, because some people, that's a hard bridge to cross, because they have been so, how can I say it, so attacked, and they build all this resentment and rage and victimization because of their being attacked or raped or, or abused as a child or all the horrible things that can happen to one, and that there's not a single thing that can happen to you that you can't rise above and re- release because the universe is giving birth 
every moment, the universe is brand new every moment. And when you can tap into the rebirth, rebirth of the universe and not in all your patterns and rage and hurt and resentment, you now become a miracle worker in, in this realm. And I believe when Jesus said, used the terminology being reborn in spirit, that's what he was referring to. Well, we got to go. I got to give BBS back. Jim, I'm going to give it to you to give whatever last words. And I thank you so much for being here. This is Jim McCarty. They left. Um, Jim McCarty, llresearch.org. Download some of their free books or buy some of their books on Amazon. And the raw material is an extraordinary opportunity to learn the the track of our planet from the highest realms possible. Go ahead, Jim. Well, it's been an honor to be here. Thanks for inviting me. I just want to tell everybody I love you all. And uh, when you're walking around tomorrow, going through your daily round of activities, look at every face you see and see the Creator. When you look into the mirror, see the Creator. Let's all love each other and help bring each other home. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Terry. Thank you, Hive. Thank you, BBS. And we'll we'll see you all on Wednesday. And on that note, on that Love note, you all. All right, Vin, are you here? This was the end of the uh, great session with Jim McCarty. He's a great talker. I love always listening to him. If we are 703 and we go over to our daily whole planet healing session, which will be broadcast by BBS radio. Stay here if you are listening in online. And um, I thank you all for being here. Unmuted. All right. We'll hope to see you at whole planet healing. This session is no longer being recorded. We can't hear you, but it is BBS radio, I can see. And welcome to Hope Planet Healing. Would you like to say your name? It's Wynn in Sedona. Hi, Wynn. Hi, Wynn. Hi, Wynn. All right, so 707 and BBS joined in. They did not speak. Hopefully, they are able to pick us up and broadcast this episode of Whole Planet Healing. All right, let's get going. Muted. I'll wait for you, Jackie. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'll start. Since we're on BBS, okay. I'll give a little yes. intro. Yeah, and I'm yeah. here. Okay, excellent. So okay. here we go. When it is uh, still June twenty seventh, the recording has started. This is June twenty seventh, two thousand twenty two. Winfrey in Sedona, Arizona, and this is our nightly call, and it's really like nothing else happening on our entire planet. And if I tell you. 
if you're, if you're listening on BBS, just tuning in, then don't believe me. But be curious enough to see if maybe what I'm saying is accurate. Because starting in 2002, I began communicating with what identified themselves as a group soul that graduated, no, that actually existed before there was a universe and said they created the universe. And I, and they did, they didn't tell me to believe them. They just said, ask them questions. So thus began a series of question asking that has been going on until present time with my partner, Terry Brown. And I happen to be skeptical and curious. So I would ask really deep questions and and as we asked one group of questions, we would get to another group of questions that took off from the first group. And some of the ways they explained themselves is they said they were energies, they were not bodies, that they existed before there was a universe as a group of energies that broke off from what they called the one infinite creator and that they created the template for the beginning of the universe. And this is like we're talking about billions or trillions of years ago. I don't know. Now, that was hard to believe. And I said, if this is true, it's going to have to prove itself. And then they said they could expand as big as a galaxy or as small as an atom. And that was hard to believe, but I said, okay, I'm open to it. And then we had a miracle of healing with my sister. And um, where I asked them to help her, and her lupus disappeared. And lupus never goes away. So I asked them, how did you do that? And they said they projected a filter into her blood and took the lupus out. And then I asked them, was Terry ever anybody famous? And they said, look up St. Catherine of Siena, who I never heard of. So I Googled St. Catherine of Siena, and I found the story of a woman who would go into the local church. They would ask her questions, and they thought God was giving me answers, okay? And... Um, St. Catherine's Dialogues with God became a classic of Catholic literature. And Terry happened to be the spitting image of St. Catherine. And we found out that they could add energy to intentions. And the universe creates itself by the individual intentions of everybody in it. And we started having more and more miracles, and, and, and because we were asking, things would happen and shift. And that's why we started this call, because um, we're, we're, you're going to hear a short excerpt, I think that's what Bonnie's reading today, of something that Terry channeled, and you'll get the feeling for who these guys are, 
And you may feel energy on this call because they are on the call and we're going to go through um, an hour's worth of um, <laughs> creating intentions, or you can call them prayers, to make positive outcomes on this planet. And that's why we do it. Everybody volunteers. We don't charge for it. And if you listen to the calls long enough and you listen to them talk, you just might believe it's real. And I turn it over to Jackie. Thank you so much, Lynn. And I'd like to welcome everyone to the Whole Planet Healing Conference Call. And greetings to our BBS radio family. And we really appreciate sharing our call with you because Believe me when I say, when trying to raise the consciousness of our planetary matrix, we need all the assistance we can get. And uh, I hope you all were able to listen to the replay in the previous hour because it was fantastic. Wynn's conversation with Jim McCarty um, brought forth really... Uh, great historical information and a nice overview of the concept of the law of one. So, uh, December 8th of 2016, if you need to look it up in our own archives. Now, we always suggest get comfortable, push aside any distractions, and we are going to get started by first welcoming Bonnie from Corona, California, who tonight will recite our invocation requesting energetic protection for ourselves, our call, and our efforts tonight. Bonnie? Hi. Father, Mother, God, we ask for the presence of the light to surround and protect each and every one of us and any negativity be taken to the highest realms and transmuted for the greatest good of all. We see ourselves in the flow of energy radiating from the center of the universe through the galaxy, through the Milky Way, through the solar system, through the outer energy fields of planet Earth, through our bodies, and into the planet. And right now, we invoke a group energy connection while maintaining the sovereign integrity of our souls. And we invite those sources who are positive, service to others, who are honoring the law of one, to join with us as we co-create a protected space that only the positive has access to, and anything not of that nature must leave now. Back to you, Jackie. Thank you so much, Bonnie. Um, I have to add, in the previous hour, um, I loved towards the end Jim's simple statement on how to deal with the negative. So simple. Just be love and light 
send it to everyone, everything raises the frequency and the negative can't stand it. They will turn away because they can't handle the light. So there you go. <laughs> now, at the beginning of our call, Wynn and Terry join us and they update us on anything, anything they want to share with us. So Wynn, are you available? Hello, Wynn. Oh, here I am. Here I am. Okay. Mm. Um, Terry is, you know, I, I left Terry and she was going to go to sleep. So it's just me. And Terry is going through uh, a health rehabilitation. And she was doing pretty well today. You know, every, people on the call love Terry. She's the sweetest. She truly is. If somebody was a saint, Terry is a saint. And I happen to have known Terry for 40 years now. And before we did any of this stuff, and she rescued me so many times from difficult circumstances. <laughs> and... um. In 2002, she woke me up in the middle of the night and said, get a tape recorder out. And that's what started these conversations. And it took me through at least three years to begin to believe it. And I'm still learning how to put it out in the world in a way that doesn't uh, create dogma. And they tell people, just believe what resonates. They don't ever say do anything. <laughs> but on our Wednesday call, people ask questions. And they demonstrate the deepest wisdom and insights into the conflicts and dilemmas we all go through in this realm. And it's helped many people. We do all this for free, and uh, sometimes we struggle to support ourselves. Sometimes we're making money, and sometimes people make donations. But somehow, we're still here and doing it, and we have a, a website called thespiritchannel.net, which has the phone numbers to all of our conference calls, and also... Over 2,000 of our past calls, starting from 2010. And many of the calls, in fact, two-thirds of the calls, have live discussions with our sources where I ask them questions live. And there's no way Terry could answer these questions. Terry is an innocent I, I know she's simple person who for many years that I've known her, I thought she was a space cadet. And now I know she was a space cadet because a lot of her consciousness is not in this realm. And it's kind of an epic thing that we have created. 
and it's up to you to reach and be curious. You don't have to pay anything. You can check into calls. You can be skeptical and see if you get value from it. And uh, according to our sources, there are a 100 million people in this realm who came from higher dimensions to help the Earth during this period of shift. And that's very great, except 90% of them, when they're in this realm, don't remember that. They just must think they're a misfit. I thought I was a misfit for many years of my life. And I still am a misfit. But I learned now uh, how to fit in, 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 a, in, a, in a rather... Uh, how can I say it? You know, Terry's like in a rehab home, and I go there, and I just uh, have a good energy, and I smile at everybody, the nurses, the staff, and I can tell they like it when I pass, because there's a lot of people suffering there, and they have to process a lot of energy, and... um you know, when I first went over there, I couldn't do it. And I started building the energy. And everyone can learn how to do this in their life. And it's kind of the law of one manifest. It's not believing it. It's like learning how to hold a loving space no matter who you're around and without getting sucked into the negative. And I'm just honored to be here and to be able to offer this opportunity to anyone who reaches for it. And you're going to probably listen. I don't remember. Uh, Bonnie was reading excerpts from the reincarnation of Edgar Casey, and uh, which is another group soul. You know, David Wilcock, if you heard of him, is definitely, was Edgar Casey in a past life. And I wrote the book when he was doing a lot of channelings. And then when the book came out, he didn't want to present himself doing channelings anymore. He got the idea that his highest service was to um, talk about ETs and conspiracies. And to me, I think... He made a mistake, but who knows? It's not over till the fat lady sings. But I'm grateful. If it wasn't for David Wilcock and writing that book, I am sure I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. So I'm grateful to David for being a big part of waking me up. And when I was first studying him, he, he was channeling and he was doing readings. And I got a reading from him. And the reading was just amazing. And probably the greatest line in the reading, which I didn't understand at the time, uh, was, you have unplayed songs in the jukebox of your soul. And 
I understand it now, but I didn't understand it then. So in that case, back to you, Jackie. Thank you so much, Wynn. And uh, Wynn mentioned the spiritchannel.net, and we encourage everyone to go there and sample the wealth of information that's offered there. But in the meantime, on this call, we have Bonnie from Corona, California, who is back tonight. And Bonnie is familiar with the channeled messages that are archived on the Spirit Channel. And we have the benefit of hearing one of these messages or something from a compatible resource read for us every evening. So, Bonnie, what do you have for us tonight? Okay, thank you. All right, we are going to read from a Wednesday night call that took place on May 25th, 2011. And after Wynn calls in the light, we have a series of questions that people have submitted that Wynn asks and raw on to Terry then answers. So here towards the end of the call, Wynn uh, has one more question for that particular evening. And so Wynn says, our lead question for tonight is why are we having such intense storms now? When I wrote The Reincarnation of Edgar Casey, there was all kinds of things in that book that was predicting what we are going through now. We have learned that we are in something called a dimensional shift. We have learned that there is an energy that is flowing, starting at the center of the universe, that is higher than it ever has been in the recorded history of mankind. This energy is reaching a peak on Earth, and there are good aspects to it, and there are difficult aspects to it. One of the good aspects of it is that if we apply ourselves, it is allowing us to grow and expand and experience more psychicness, and more people are channeling than ever before. But it is also stimulating earth changes, and that it is also indicating that some of these things can be mediated by the strong energies of humans holding space in the physical third-dimensional realm. So we are going to have increased earth changes and storms. We have experienced in the Midwest are probably because of that. But I will turn it over to our sources to give their view. And raw on through Terry answers. Thank you. All is intelligence. The rock, the water. There is an intelligence in the clouds and the moisture. There is an intelligence in all. When the elements are irritated, they are disturbed and as 
part of their irritation, they can move into negativity. The moisture from one direction, from the south, and the wind from the south, and the wind from the west, when combining in the way they have been, creating circular spinning motions. And these spinning motions are the antithesis to harmony in the air current. And there is extreme anger at the disturbances. The circular air moving is very irritated and has the rudimentary consciousness and a desire to take out its irritation. There can be some amelioration of the conditions by prayer and sending love light to these forces. It is very difficult now in the Midwest as these patterns move through and on into Ohio and east. There is great thunderstorm activity as these forces collide. Essentially, this is the reason for this great difficulty this season in this area. That is our answer. And when asked, do we have any closing comments from our sources? And Ra'an to Terry answers, We are mindful of the difficulties and the very harsh conditions in the middle of the country and the harsh conditions from people in some areas of Japan and Pakistan and other countries. We say that when you send prayers, these prayers are heard and taken into account in these situations, not randomly, but your prayers are always heard and sometimes based on the highest good, they appear to not be answered, but they are always heard based upon the highest good they can be granted. So this is a time for prayer. And that was the end of that call. And I just want to add from my own perspective, if there was ever a time and a need for prayer, I think we are in the midst of it. So let's get to work. That is the basis for this call is to send out our good intentions for a greater outcome. And I will turn it back to you, Jackie. I love you guys. Thank you. And thank you so much, Bonnie. And I'll second your thoughts there (laughs) on needing prayer right now. Now, uh, before we go on, I think I misspoke about the date of the channeling with Jim McCarty. It's August 8th of 2016. You gotta go listen to that. 
But right now, next on our call, we join Jennifer from Greensburg, Pennsylvania. And Jennifer researches the most recent earthquake and volcanic activities on our planet. And this is because our sources have asked us to stay informed of these current events and that they will add their energy to our efforts to soothe Mother Earth. But always keeping in mind that the highest and greatest good for all is considered. They've also advised us that the most beneficial offering we can extend is the energy of calmness. So as Jennifer guides us to each area of activity, let's gather our group energy and focus that calming frequency to all areas of concern. Jennifer? Thank you, Jackie. And tonight, I would like to invite Mother Earth to join us as we journey around the globe. And also, I want to invite our sources who are with us each evening. And the first place that we're going to look at is the big island of Hawaii. And today it was quite active, um, 36 little events. And we did have a 3.3 at Pahala, and everything else was less than that. So it was a rather average day, I would say. We did have um, 1.8 in the caldera of Kilauea. We had three little events, two points, like 2.1, and uh, on Mauna Loa, and then off the island into the sea. Now, this was in the region of the Seamount Luihi, but it's a little bit past it, and there were five little events there, um, and it's still, it's still ongoing at this point, but these were all in the twos. So something is... Um, un- Something is happening there. You know, it's, things are changing. So let's just send our calming energies to the undersea things that we can't see with our eyeballs. There are fracture lines. There are undersea volcanoes. There's the hot spot in that area. And anything else that may affect the region. And now we're going to take our focus and we're going to move down south to the um, island of New Zealand, and just off the North Island today, we had a 4.2, and we're going to move along the Kermadec Trench. Now, this has been active for about the last week. Well, today, it kind of quieted down. We had a 4.3 at Fiji, and then turning westward, we had a 5.3 in uh, Papua New Guinea. And then continuing westward to Indonesia, we had a lot of fours, but very low level, 4.3 and less. And then moving north to the Philippines, we had a 4.1. And then, uh, let's see, to the Mariana Islands, <coughs> pardon me, we had a 4.5. And then back over to the uh, area of Taiwan, now, Taiwan has had an sort of an ongoing swarm, I'll call it, and today was no exception. We had a 5.1 there, and other assorted. There was a 5.0 or 4.9. <laughs> you know, so there's a lot going on in that region. 
Now we turn our focus to Japan, where we had a 4.9, and nothing in Russia. So we're going to head up to Alaska, where we had a 3.5 on the Aleutians, and a 2.6 was the largest on the mainland. Alaska has been extremely calm the last week or so, I guess. So let us just set additional calm to that region. And then moving down through um, Canada, nothing was reported. Into Washington, where we just had a couple of odds and ends today, um, like one point something. And then Mount St. Helens was rumbling, so we sent calm. Moving down into Oregon, nothing was reported. Heading for California, though, we had a very small 1.5, but this was part of that Mendocino Triple Junction, that area that we have had so much activity. It's mostly in the sea, um, but it is just on the coastline there where this particular one happened. Now, moving down into the state itself, um, we had a 2.6 at Hay Fork. California, it was Northern California, and that was actually the largest event today. Moving down through the geysers, we send calm all the way down the San Andreas Fault into Southern California, where we did have a 2.2 at Manhattan Beach, and that was the largest in Southern California. And then, of course, we do want to send calm to the Long Valley region or Mammoth, I believe they call it Mammoth Lakes, and also Ridgecrest. They were all sort of rumbling today. And then before we leave the U.S., I do want us to send calm to Stanley, Idaho. Today, two point, couple of 2.6s. West Yellowstone is rumbling. West Texas, <clears throat> where we have that ongoing storm every single day there. And then we had a, a very small um, event, 1.7, but this is Howardville, Missouri, directly south of St. Louis, well within the uh, New Madrid. <clears throat> so we definitely want to send home to New, New Madrid Fault. And then down into Mexico, 4.0 was the largest. And then on the other side, of the uh, Caribbean plate, we did have a 4.1 in Haiti. And you say, why would you <laughs> Why would you mention that? But it's all connected. It's all connected. Moving back over to South America, um, <clears throat> we had a decent day there. We did have a 4.3 in Peru, 4.5 in Chile, 4.6 in Argentina. And we're going to round the southern tip of South America, and we're going to come north along the mid-Atlantic Ridge, and we're going to stop at the Madeira Islands. This is part of Portugal, um, but it is not near Portugal. It is actually um, on the, uh, almost on the fault line that runs through the Mediterranean. We did have a 4.7 there today, and that is quite a bit of an uptick in um, the, the seismicity. Usually this was running like twos, and recently it started to 
increase, so 4.7 Madeira Islands, and we want to send them calm. And just south of that area are the Canary Islands, and they had a couple of activities today, but they were in threes. And then moving across Europe, we had basically threes in France, Greece, Georgia, Iran, and India. And then the last of the group is a 4.6, and that actually was in, like, southern China. And that was all for today. I want to thank you guys for participating, and I will turn you all back to Jackie. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Oh, well, in a couple of moments, Wynn will take us on his guided visualization where we will focus on many of the other issues that concern us. But right now, the phone lines are being unmuted, and you have this opportunity to put your concerns into the light, always keeping in mind that the highest and greatest good for all be considered. If you're with us on BBS Radio or listening to a replay, this is also the right time to put forth your personal concerns. And I would like to thank all of you for your contributions and your service tonight. Unmuted. I would like to put into our light uh, healing assistance and protection for the beautiful mother, the human family, the flora and fauna, all the sentient beings. I would like to ask for uh, emphasis be made uh, in maintenance of the world peace. Assistance for the beautiful mother in uh, maintaining her control of the uh, weather systems uh, for the highest and greatest good of all. A great deal of assistance for the children and animals at all times and all the sentient beings, the trees, the bees and all the little buddies. And I would like to ask for the assistance that our food, water, and air is blessed many times a day for the benefit and, uh, and, and greatness of all of us here on Earth and Mother Earth as well. Thank you so much. Tom in San Jose, support and protection for Sidney Powell, Mike Lindell, the movie 2000 Mules. The movie rigged 20, 2020. Thank you. This is Wynn in Sedona. And I would just like to put in this light two events which may cause, uh, may cause upset. And I'd like to put in the field that somehow it resolves so there's no big upset. And one of them is, as I understand it, there's, they're running out. Or I don't know if they're running out or if they're doing it on purpose of additives for diesel engines. And in a couple of months, they won't be available. And unless truck drivers buy a bunch of additives now, uh, they won't be able to drive their trucks and the train system will start oper- stop operating and tractors and farms will have, I mean, it could be a nightmare and I don't know, I don't want to predict how it's going to turn out, but I'd like to put in the field that there's a positive resolution to it. The other thing is, 
Russia, China, and India are coming together to create a currency that's backed by gold. And that could be, in the long run, a good thing. But in the short run, it could make our dollar, which is not backed by anything, and has been the principal currency of the world, take a back seat to this new currency, which is could cause dramatic inflation in the dollar. So I would like to ask that all this resolves for the highest good and uh, that there's not a bunch of suffering that occurs because our financial system collapse, collapses. And that's all. This is Jeannie in Citrus Heights. As always, I want to put the human race into the light and ask for the Elohim to help us awaken as rapidly as possible in order that we might render the plans and manipulations and controls of the service to self-serve powerless. But tonight I also want to put into the light Dr. Terry Madej and her traveling companion, whose name I do not have. Dr. Madej is one of the truth-telling doctors who was made privy to the plans of the cabal to control the entire human race through such manipulations as the creation of the pandemic and the so-called remedies, because they were attempting to recruit her. But when she realized that they were coming from a self place, she declined to join them. And because she knew how ruthless they are, and she knew she was in danger, she left the country for six years, returning only after the beginning of the pandemic in order to join her voice with the voices of the other truth-telling doctors. She knew that she would be in danger, as they all are, but she decided to stand on the side of truth and on the side of humanity, no matter the cost. Well, she and her loved one were seriously hurt yesterday in a single-engine plane crash, and it may have been an accident that was not really an accident. Her injuries are serious, but she is still alive, so I ask everyone to pray for her recovery and the recovery of her loved one and her and their subsequent safety. Thank you. All right, thank you. So let's go over to Jennifer's mm -hmm. healing list as we are running out of time. Please go ahead, Jennifer. Thank you, Hi. I'd like to put each and every person, including our BBS listeners, onto the healing list, whatever your individual need is. I would also like to mention Cecil and Betty, who really need our prayers. Um, we love you, Cecil, and we wish for Betty to have an easy passing. And also for Lauren in Washington, Joe T. in Washington, Tom in San Jose, Jackie and Julian, Antonio Jr., Sr., and Abby, mm -hmm. Maxolina in Ojai, Morning Sky in Oregon, Kathleen in Bloomfield, Vermont, 
Bonnie in Corona, California. Monica Edwards in Washington. Trudy, who is not feeling very well right now. She needs our healing. And my partner, Tom, who has multiple issues. And last but not least, Wynn and Terry. Um, Wynn, you're doing a heck of a job keeping it all together here. And I wish to send you a lot of love, light, healing. Terry, our dear, dear, sweet Terry, she needs her rest, and we hope she's getting better by the minute. We love you, Terry. We need you. And I would like to say thank you to the Elohim. And good night, everyone. Muted. And I'm just going to come in and do our closing visualization. And I will mention that Terry was on an upswing today. And, you know, they're draining this fluid. It's, I've talked about it. It's in between her lungs and her rib cage. And um, it keeps it's keep filling up. And then she can't breathe. And, uh, and so today they drained it. And there was no fluid. And the last time, which was just a few days ago, there was quite a bit of fluid. And so, hopefully, she's on a trend. And, you know, I'm having her take mega doses of vitamin C, and she notices it. And I'm taking them, too, and I notice it. And uh, I'll talk more about that some other day. So we we got 11 minutes now to go through all of the stuff that's going on on our planet that we'd like to see have positive outcomes. And so we surround our planet with our group energy, which includes portions of the Elohim group and portions of the Ra group and any other entities on the other side who are service to others who are picking up on our energy and want to add their support to it. And we act as repeater stations, sending the love light of the higher realms through through this vantage point to the surface of the earth. We ask to uplift the vibration wherever it's able to be received on our planet, including the humans who are service to others, including the children who are sensitive to the energies but usually don't have much wisdom. And we ask that they can grow into wisdom and discernment to be worthy of being the leaders of tomorrow. We go to the plant life, the trees, the bushes, and the grass. And we go to the rocks, the minerals, and the crystals. And I'm going through this fast and listening, I'm leaving out some of the details. We go to the um, insects, particularly the insects that are part of the cycle of nature, like the bees, and ask for the perseverance of those species 
we go to the fish and the sea life and the dolphins and the whales. We now go through the surface of the earth into the interior of the earth. And as we've learned, the earth is alive. The earth has a consciousness. The earth can think. And the earth has this huge energy field that goes all through the interior and penetrates to the surface. And all of life on earth is hosted by the earth. And she has to process everything. So we send healing for all the challenges Earth goes through in the processing of these energies and these beings. We go to the energy waves that travel through the Earth that terminate in potential volcanoes, potential hurricanes, and we send calm energy. We go back to the surface of the Earth, and we're going to work on the potential earthquakes and volcanoes of the future. And Jennifer worked on the ones that happened in the last 24 hours. And so we go to the three major earthquake zones, the Ring of Fire, the land masses surrounding the Pacific Ocean. We send a huge column of light covering all of it and the vulnerable islands bringing calm energy to that entire area. We go to the, the New Madrid fault line centered in St. Louis and the surrounding states. We send a column of light hundreds of miles in diameter through the surface of the earth in this area, penetrating through the ground and bringing calm energy to all potential earthquakes and volcanoes. We go to the Mid-Atlantic fault line in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, running from the North Pole as far south as the tip of South America. We put a longitudinal column of light penetrating through the water into the earthquake faults and volcanoes potentials in the ground underneath the water, and we bring calm energy. And any other earthquakes or volcanoes potentials, we ask our sources to help locate them. We send calm energy to each one. Any earthquakes and volcanoes that need to occur because the Earth is releasing stress, we ask that they can occur gradually and away from population centers. We go to other out-of-balance situations on our planet, starting with the coronavirus and its mutations 
and any other contagious pathogens. And we ask they be rendered harmless. We go to the immune systems of humans, and we ask they can be strengthened. We go to the toxins in vaccines and ask that they can be transmuted. We go to the increased awareness and discernment of the humans on our planet, being able to distinguish the positive agendas and the negative agendas. And many people have observed that the news and media are supporting negative agendas. So we ask that increased awareness and also increased awareness of those sources in higher dimensions that can shift paradigms on this planet or help shift them. And they need to be asked and people might be more cognizant of the importance of asking. We go to people who suffer and ask for the addition of the Christ energy to give them a handhold to lift above their suffering. We go to the governments of our planet and we ask for um, qualities of leadership that help people feel safe and cared for. And we ask that those countries and groups that are adversarial can find ways and means to settle their differences nonviolently. We send this energy to the country of Ukraine and Russia for the peaceful settlement of the war they're engaged in right now. We go bring this energy back to ourselves. We see the energy flowing through the universe. And I, you know what? I didn't mention interventions, and we just ask that our realm is protected from nuclear weapons going off and leave it at that for the moment. We bring this energy back to ourselves. We see it moving through the galaxies, the Milky Way, our solar system, through the outer energy fields of our planet, and landing on our personal rooftop where we can invite it, if we're comfortable, into our home to lift the vibration and clear any negativity. We bring this energy through our bodies to lift the vibration of our bodies, to open our chakras, to help us overcome any negativity and obstacles and past life karma, which is negatively impacting our present mission in this life. And on that note, we're going to bring an end to the verbal part of this call.
If you want to attend more of our calls, go to thespiritchannel.net and you'll find phone numbers for all our calls. If you've had the experience of feeling separated, alienated, coming to these calls helps heal that. There's a good energy on these calls that helps people love themselves. And on that note, uh, we're going to say goodbye for today. Thank you all for being here. And um, we'll see you next time. This session is no longer being recorded.